0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Well, have you ever given much thought about what it takes to get good at something? Um you think about it. I mean, I am amazed sometimes when I um, watch athletes what they can do, especially like something like gymnastics or something, right? And they are good at that, right? It's amazing. Or, or musicians, you know, watching them do what they do. Uh, anything in life, you see. You talk to people and you find out they're good at something and experts. So, have you ever really thought what it takes to get good? Well, they've researched this. Uh, there are whole books written on this, and what you find is it's it's not really about uh, talent. I mean, talent can be a help to a point, but it's not about talent. It's about practicing and practicing the right way, and continuing to practice and continue to practice. And what they have said is, if you want to become an expert at something. 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours of focused work to become an expert at it. All right, so, so that means, as you say, hey, I want to become an expert at playing the piano. Who wants to be an expert at playing the piano? Who does not now play the piano who would like to be an expert at playing the piano? Okay, 10,000 hours. Okay, But that would work if you could say, I'm going to devote four hours a day to this, five days a week, 50 weeks out of the year, 10 years, you'd be an expert, 10 years. Now, hard to give four hours a day, isn't it? So if you're gonna give half of that, it's 20 years. And when you're looking for me at that point, I'm thinking, I may never get there. (laughs) And so it's that amount of time. But I want you to think about this. What does it take to get good at life? If we apply this kind of a, a reasoning to it, 10,000 10, hours, uh, you know. Every two years we get more than 10,000 waking hours. That means I ought to be an expert at life 30 times over by now. So how come I'm not? I mean, you can look at me and say, I don't think he's quite an expert on everything in life yet. None of us are. So, so what's going on here? Well, the reality is, is that if we are going to get good at life, we have to have God's wisdom. We need wisdom to get good at life. And we are talking about wisdom from God. We're talking about wisdom that, that comes from the Bible, not man's natural wisdom. I mean, you know, every time in my life, I, I just that I can think of, every time I have... Made a choice, whether consciously or just by default. I've made a choice to go with what I naturally think is right instead of what God says is right. It's always been a bad thing in my life. It hasn't always been terrible, but it's never been a good thing. Never once. And every time I've ever applied God's wisdom, it's always been good. Now, we all know people, and maybe some of you here would experience it people who, in their marriages I mean the world's wisdom, the natural wisdom, would say, "If in your marriage you're going along and it's just not fun anymore, and you just aren't emotionally connected there anymore, and it's a lot. By the way, anybody besides me notice that sometimes it's hard work to stay married. Anybody besides me? OK. You shouldn't have said amen loud. That was not the right, no. <laughs> uh, So, yes, it's hard. But the, the point is, is, the world's way, the natural way to say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. And, and walk away from the relationship. Either either literally walk away, you know, to somebody else or walk away or just check out. And, you know, and live a, a life of desperation there. And that's what the world's wisdom to do. How about financially? You know, any financial troubles you have, or you find yourself struggling with debt, or or you know, whatever problems you have, I almost guarantee it's not because you followed godly wisdom in your finances. It's because you did what the world says. You did it the way people who aren't living by the Bible did it. And so we reap these kinds of problems in our lives. And so we need God's wisdom. And thankfully, He's made it available to us. And and He gave us one book in the Bible that is specifically about wisdom. All all through the Bible, you find wisdom. But there's one book that's specifically about wisdom, and that is the book of Proverbs. So let's turn to the book of Proverbs. If you don't have a Bible with you today, we encourage you to to pick one out of the the bottom of the chair there and follow along with us. We're going to be on page 728 to start with. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, written almost exclusively by King Solomon, who was the wisest man that ever lived. And interestingly enough, the problems that came into King Solomon's life were all because he didn't follow the wisdom that God had given him. But nonetheless, he was a wisdom, and he collected. He, I think he wrote many of these himself, and then he collected other wise sayings, and the Holy Spirit led in what we have in the book of Proverbs today, that this is a book that God has given us that focuses on wisdom. It's chapter four. Let's start in verse number five. And and before I go on, so you know that a lot of Proverbs is written like a father talking to his children, you know, and, and telling them what to think or how to respond and about what wisdom. So this is like a father talking to his son. He says, verse five, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. See, I'm teaching you wisdom. And I just told you, get wisdom. Don't turn away from that. Get wisdom. Don't turn away from getting wisdom. Get wisdom. Do not forsake her. And she will preserve you. Love her. And she will keep you. So, interesting here. Did you notice how God, this, at least in, the word, in this portion of the word, talks about wisdom? When I think wisdom, I think it. Do you? Right? Wisdom, we think it. But God personifies wisdom. Very often through the book of Proverbs, he personifies wisdom as as a woman. Okay? And um, I think about why did he do this? And and I think one sense is because it's the idea of teaching you, speaking into your life, personified. But I would say this. It's because wisdom is very personal. God personifies wisdom talking to us like a person because wisdom is very personal. And by that, uh, what I'm saying is that wisdom is not just an it out there that exists somehow or other separate from our lives. When when I have an issue in my life or when you have an issue in your life and we're needing wisdom, it's very personal about what's going on in our lives, isn't it? And, And there are personal circumstances that it applies to. It's very personal for us. But here's the reality, that even if I don't go with God's wisdom, it gets very personal because I'm the one who suffers the consequences. And so God has personified wisdom here to to make us realize this is a very, very personal thing. This affects me deeply. I have a relationship with wisdom whether I know it or not, whether I like it or not. And wisdom either works for me because I follow it or it works against me because I don't. But it's very personal. So let's continue here. Verse 7. He says, Wisdom is the principal thing. What does the word principal mean here? What's that? Main. Main thing. That's right. The main thing. The first thing. The most important thing. Okay? Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, because it is the first thing, the main thing, the most important thing, therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, there is some difference between understanding and wisdom as we read through the book of Proverbs. But for now, I don't think we need to worry about that. It's the same idea here. Get it, he says. It's the most important thing. Get it. How? Before we continue, let's think about that a little bit. Do you think an education is important? An education in the basic, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and, you know, basic understanding of history and science. Is that important? Very, very important. Is it the main thing? The first thing? The most important thing? No. Wisdom is. You can have an educated fool, can't you? You ever met an educated fool? Yeah, right? And so... We're trying to get this idea. It is the most important. So we have to focus on getting wisdom. By the way, that's the why if, if you are uh, entrusting your children's education to somebody else, you believe that's what God has led you to do, that's fine. But you've got to understand, you need to make sure they get wisdom. Because when people in this world who don't believe God and, and don't believe His Word, and they're teaching your children, they're not teaching them wisdom. So you need to teach them wisdom. And so wisdom, he says, is the most important thing. It's what we have to get. And then he continues. He says, exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She will deliver to you. When you apply wisdom in your life, it's going to be a blessing to you. It's going to promote you. It's going to bring honor into your life. It's going to... uh, Provide this crown, a reward. It's gonna be a reward to you in your life. Wisdom. So you've got to get wisdom. You wanna get good at life? You've got to get wisdom. Well, obvious question: what is wisdom then? Right? What is wisdom? Then as I as I read the Bible. And look at them, I read resources and they talk about having wisdom as being skillful in godly living and, and all those things are true but I gotta tell you that when I look at the whole picture, here's what I, my understanding of what wisdom is. It's when you see life the same way God does. When you see life the same way God does, that's wisdom. Now, That's an amazing thing if you think about it, because God is everywhere at the same time all the time, isn't he? There's nowhere where God is not. He is there. God, that means God sees everything there is to see. And he sees it from every angle and he sees every aspect of it. It's an all-knowing God. He knows everything there is to know about everything that can be known. He sees your circumstances. He sees your circumstances better than you do. He knows everything that's involved with your circumstances. He, he, he sees everything that you already know about your circumstances, and he sees what you don't know about your circumstances, and he sees what you know, you think you know about your circumstances but you're wrong about. He sees it all and he sees it all perfectly. What an amazing thing to think then that, wow, God has given me, made wisdom available to me so that I can see things the way he sees them. Because that's what wisdom is. Now, we're not talking about becoming all-knowing like God, Right? We aren't talking about that. What we are saying is this, is that when I look at this area of my life, and let's say I'm trying to make a decision in my finances whether to go into debt on an item or not. And I'm looking at this and I say, oh God, I need your wisdom. And I search his word. And I come up and I said, I I see what God is saying. And I'm, I'm looking at my finances and this decision in line with what God says about it. I go, oh. In other words, I, if I have wisdom, I am seeing this particular thing the same way God does. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? That we could have that opportunity. And what a difference does that make? I mean, have you ever got it wrong when you looked at stuff and thought about it? Anybody ever got it wrong? If you said no, you got that wrong. Okay? And yet God always gets it right. And that's available to us. So consider this. Consider this. The, the, the Bible talks, Proverbs talks about the blessings that come with wisdom. Proverbs chapter 2, just one passage, it says this. It says that when you get wisdom, it will preserve you. Go ahead and go to that next slide. Yeah, there, thank you. It will preserve you. In other words, it's going to keep you going, all right? And it's going to protect you from enemies or, or whatever would come against you to, to ruin your life. It's going to protect you. Not that those things won't come against you, but they won't be able to ruin you. And he said, we'll deliver you. Because the reality is that that all of us here today have things in our lives, decisions that we've made that maybe we aren't even aware of that were not really based on godly wisdom and they work against us. And we need to be delivered from that. We need to be delivered from those things in our lives. And wisdom will deliver us. It'll deliver us from every evil way. We'll learn not to go the wrong way. It'll deliver us from evil people who would like to lead us in the wrong way. It will lead a, a deliver us from immorality. That, and By the way, immorality has affected us. The immorality is so prevalent in our culture and we've all been affected by it at some level And so we need deliverance from that all the time. And and he'll deliver us from immorality. And deliver us then from immoral people who might drag us into that. And he will deliver us from all the consequences then that go along with all this stuff. And then he will secure us in the blessings of God. Wisdom will do that. Stability. Safety in the wisdom. Now... When the Bible talks about wisdom and talks about people who live by wisdom, it calls them wise. They are the wise people. What does it call those who say, I don't care about wisdom, I'm going to do what I want? What's it call them? Fools. fools. That's right. It's a pretty rough term, and, and there's some, a lot to learn about being fools, but what I want to show you in the book of Proverbs, here's just a handful of the things that are connected with not going with God's wisdom. It's destruction. Shame brings grief into your life, into the lives of others who are in a relationship with you. It brings failure. It's connected with slander, evil, deceit, sadness, bitterness of soul in your own soul, and bitterness it brings to others in their lives. Contention, ruin, and this is my favorite. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Now you look at this list and you say... That's what I want. Of course we don't. But see, that's that's where not going with God's wisdom takes us. It's to this kind of thing. And we don't want to go there. So let's look at another passage of Scripture that tells us about the benefits of pursuing God's wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, right before where we read just a little bit ago. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's start in verse number 13. It says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. We can put a woman in there. We can put a child in there, whoever. But happy is the person who gets finds wisdom and lives by it. Anybody here like to be happy? happy? Anybody who would like to be happier than you are today? Yeah, right? Um, If you try to find happiness, you will not find it. Because happiness is the result of how you live, and it says here that if you find wisdom, you find God's wisdom. You live by God's wisdom, happiness will come to you. Okay, that's how that works. So happy is the person who gets wisdom. Verse fourteen: For her proceeds, what she brings to you, for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than say, it, but better than fine gold. Better than money. Wisdom is better than money. All right. So if, if if you were here, if I were saying to you today, hey, listen, I got a thousand dollars here I'll give you today if you will swear off wisdom and live like a fool. Would you do it for a thousand bucks? What'll happen to that thousand bucks if you live like a fool? <laughs> Where'd it go? That's right. Okay, so you end up. But how about if I said, what, I got a million dollars for you if you'll swear off a wisdom and live like a fool? Hmm. Proverbs, God is saying, no, no, wisdom is better than a million dollars. Wisdom is better than Bill Gates' $50 billion. You know how many people there are in the world who have great wealth, who have all the problems that go along with being foolish. Much better off to go through life with very little and be wise because you'll end up happy than to go through life having a lot and living like a fool and having all that stuff that goes along with being a fool. Okay? So he says, wisdom better than money. Verse 15, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Anything else you think that you're wanting? Wisdom is, see, the thing is, when you don't have wisdom and you get something, you don't know what to do with it. I mean, you may have ideas, but you don't know how to use it right, and it becomes a curse to you, not a blessing. But when you have wisdom, whatever you get can make sense. And you can know what to do with it. And it becomes a positive thing in your life. In fact, uh, elsewhere in Proverbs, it talks about that when God, when someone follows God's wisdom and God blesses them and brings wealth into their lives, which sometimes he does for people, he says when he brings wealth into their lives, it doesn't bring any sorrow with it because it's gained God's way, a wise way. And if you, you know, set aside God's ways and you get wealth, guess what it brings with it? Sorrows. Sorrows. All right. Then it says this, verse 16. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. And I already kind of talked about this, that, that when we live wisely, it, it, can, it can bring riches to us. And if it does, we know how to do it and it's a blessing in our lives and honor. But I want to talk to you about this idea of length of days. It's interesting, when you look at Scripture, very often it pairs two phrases together. One is long life, and the other is length of days. In fact, earlier in the chapter, it talks about long life. Do you know if you live by godly wisdom, odds are you will live longer than if you don't? And here's why. Let's think about this. If you're living by wisdom, are you going to get drunk and go drive a car? No. No. See, when you're living by wisdom, you learn to avoid unnecessarily risky behaviors. You know, if you're living by wisdom and you're saying, well, should I smoke or should I not smoke? You say, well, I, no, I don't think I should smoke and you make that decision and so you're less likely to die of lung cancer. Now, this doesn't mean we, wise people don't die early. God has his purposes and plans and he ultimately decides. But generally speaking, people who live by godly wisdom tend to live longer. And life is good, it's not bad. Okay, but then there's this phrase here, length of days. And sometimes it includes them together. What in the world does that mean? Um, I have 24 hours in my day. Anybody else got a different number? Would anybody like to have an extra hour or two every now and then? Yeah? Sometimes we wish the day would be over quicker. (laughs) But length of days... What I find is this, that, that when I am really focusing in on, on God and his wisdom and submitting myself to God and his wisdom and living that way, my days become more productive. It's almost like I got more time because I got more done. And I got the things that matter done. And, and so it's, it's like you get a longer day. Okay, I don't mean literally. Literally. Don't go out here and say, that pastor's strange. He thinks you get an extra hour on your clock. He thinks it's time change weekend, every weekend. (laughs) No, but the idea is your day becomes more productive. Okay, so long life, length of days. This is what kind of thing of wisdom brings to you. Verse 17, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Boy, what a, a blessing to be able to live in life that even when life gets hard, From the outside, things happening in our lives that we can still experience pleasantness because we're seeing the world the way God sees it. We can still have peace in the middle of all the turmoil and chaos around us. We can still have peace because we're seeing the world the way it really is, the way God says that it is. Verse 18, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. So we start off talking about this happiness. We end with this happiness that's gonna come to you. But I want the first phrase here. She is a tree of life. The first time we see the tree of life is in the Garden of Eden. And it's where you know God has to stop Adam and Eve from being able to have access to the tree of life because of their sin. So tree of life. It shows up again in the book of Revelation in God's heavenly kingdom, the tree of life. And I think what the tree of life speaks of is is life from God. Life that flows out of God. And, and what he's saying here is that wisdom, when we understand wisdom and, and live by it, that it brings God's life into ours. And that's the kind of life you want. That's the life that you want to have. And so wisdom is worth the price say, wait a minute, you didn't tell me there was a price, right? But there is a price. And we see this reflected in a, in a, a verse, in chapter 17 of Proverbs, verse 16, where it says, why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom? Since he has no heart for it. And what it's saying is that the fool, you know, even though he has available him what he needs to get wisdom, he's not interested But it says there is a purchase price for wisdom. Wisdom costs us something. And so when we think about this, and we ask the question, got wisdom? Well, to get wisdom, you gotta want it. You gotta want wisdom to have it. And so let me elaborate on this, okay? So talking about getting wisdom, first, you gotta want it, really, really. Really, and by that I mean it, it can't be just something you do on a lark, or it, so. You ever go to the food court? I mean, you to a mall, and you're kind of walking through the food court, trying to decide what. You want, and as you walk by, there's some guy, stand there or a girl, usually it's Asian person, and there's nothing to discrimination, but offering you a piece of chicken on a toothpick. Anybody else? Explain that, right? Okay. So you're walking by, oh, yeah, sure, thanks. You know, circle around, come back by, oh. (laughs) Uh, You can't get wisdom like that. You can't be like, oh, yeah, sure, okay. No, 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 it has to be, I want God's wisdom. I really want it. What's it take to get, I want it. Tell me, I'll do it. Okay? Then you also, you got to accept God's wisdom first. And, and James chapter 1, a passage we'll probably come back to in this sermon series on wisdom. But he says there, he says, hey, do you need wisdom about a circumstance in your life? You don't know what to do? Ask God. God will give you the wisdom. Oh, but by the way, you have to ask in faith or he's not giving it to you. Ask in faith. What's that mean? Well, ask in faith means I believe that God's wisdom is what's best. I've, I've already accepted, I, I'm trusting God, you show me this wisdom, I'm gonna do it. I've already settled it. I, I don't know what God's wisdom is in this situation yet, but I've already settled it. Whatever he shows me, that's what I'm gonna do. See, that's where we've got to be with God. We can't be saying to God, okay, God, uh, I got this really difficult circumstance here, and, you know, uh, my brother's telling me to do this, and, and I read in the, on, online it says I ought to do this, and, and my friends tell me I ought to do this, and so what's your plan? I'd like to compare it and decide which I want to do. God says, oh, oh no, sounds like you're making a decision for yourself. Go ahead. Go ahead and make the decision don't expect to get wisdom from God like that. You must accept it first. Okay? And, and then you, um, you, you've got to uh, seek after it. And this isn't always thing. This is an ongoing thing. It isn't, I'd like wisdom for this God, and I'll take care of the rest. No, it needs to be, this genuine God, I want your wisdom. I want to know how to live this way. And I, I'm going to continue to seek you in this. And here's the, the really at the root of all these, you've got to go to the source. And that's the Lord. You've got to go to the source for wisdom. You See, in, in Colossians chapter two, verses two and three, talking about the Father and the Son, it describes them, it says, in, in whom are hidden All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So where do you find wisdom? Yeah, we find it in the Word, but where does the Word come from? From the Lord. That's where we find wisdom. And in one sense, wisdom is open and available, and Proverbs talks about that. In the other sense, it's hidden. It's hidden because you've got to go to the Lord to get it. Okay? It comes from Him. You can't be just doing your own thing in life and trying to add the Lord in somewhere. No, you've got to go to him as the source. Um, And what this really means is this, that we have to humble ourselves before God. James chapter 4 says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And the idea is this, That when we are proud, and by the way, proud really just means being uh, independent. How many of you in life in general think, man, my goal is to be dependent on other people? Funny, nobody raised their hand in the first service either. (laughs) That's not our goal to be t- dependent on other people, is it? We want to be independent, okay? And in one sense, that's good, because there ought to be things we take responsibility for, and this is my responsibility. It's nobody else. I need to do that. But I, I got to tell you that I think probably in every one of our hearts here today, there's another reason why we don't want to be dependent, and that's because we want to be self-sufficient. There's a, there, there is a, a level of pride in there when we think about this issue. And so... What we're saying here, when we realize I have to go to the source, I have to go to God, that means I'm choosing to be dependent on Him. No more is it going to be just whatever I think and whatever I want. No, it's going to be, God, I need you to help me see what's really true and right here. I need you to help me see life the way it really is. I need your wisdom. I, and here we go, I need you, Lord. That's where this brings us. I need you, Lord. My way of looking at things is flawed. The world's way of looking at things is corrupt and against God. So, God, I need you. I, I, can't, I can't make it. I can't get the wisdom. I can't live the way I'm supposed to. I can't experience life the way you intended it to be experienced. I, I'm headed for ruin. I'm headed for that list of things we already saw, what it means to be a fool. I need you, Lord. And when you finally come to that place, I have some really good news for you. Does God know that you, does God see that you need him? Oh, wow. You're starting to see things the way God sees them. And that's the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. The Bible talks about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom. And so that's how we view him and our relationship with him. And I realize I need you. That is the beginning of wisdom. So that's what my challenge is to you today as we embark on this, this, looking at the word of God and what it has to say about God's wisdom about different things that you would start today with this God, I need you. Starts with receiving Christ as Savior. You have to do that first. And receiving Christ as Savior, what we're talking about is a recognizing that, that you have sinned against God, like we all have. We've all failed to measure up to His standards, and, and then we know that that sin has separated us from God in some way. And if we die in that condition, we're separated forever in a place called hell. But the God sent His Son into the world because He loved us, and His Son died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins, rising again from the dead. And so the Bible says to us that if we will genuinely acknowledge that we have sinned, we're, we're humbling ourselves, right? I've blown it. I've messed up. Lord, I need you. I need you to save me from the penalty of my sins. So it starts there. And by faith, you say, yeah, God, that's, that's me. I want that. And when you do that, he forgives every sin. He gives you eternal life, and he moves in and helps you start changing in good ways from the inside out. And for those of us who have already received Christ as Savior, man, we need to remind ourselves today, tonight, tomorrow when we get up, tomorrow as we live our life, we need to live with this in awareness of, Lord, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I can't make it if you don't work in my life. I can't make the right decisions if you don't show me your wisdom. I need you. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I come to you now and thank you that you speak to us about these issues. Thank you that you've made available to us amazingly uh, your word and, and your people and that we can come to see life the way you see it, which is the way it really is, the way it really works. Thank you that's available to us. I pray that we would humble ourselves before you right now and express our need to you. In fact, folks, right now, just I'm going to ask you, just if if that's in your heart today, I want you to say with me in just a moment, say, Lord, I need you. Say it out loud. Okay, let's do that together right now. Ready? Lord, I need you. Father, help us to live that way. Moment by moment, as we think about it, bring it back to me that we need you. We humble ourselves before you. We desperately need your wisdom. And we look forward to you giving it to us.